Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I could ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. His name is Patience, and he is an Atlanta native, and he loves God, and he's committed his life to serving God with every gift and talent that he has. And one of the many gifts and talents that he has is that he is a Christian hip-hop artist. Patience has toured the United States and Canada. He's recorded six albums and has been featured on the Grammy and Stellar-nominated compilation series, Holy Hip Hop. He's currently promoting his latest album, which is called Press Play 3, or you can see it as PP3, and it can be found on all digital and streaming platforms. Patience is also a chaplain, and he does that as his day job, and he works as a chaplain. But what I want you to pay attention to in his interview is the similarities of how some, you know how sometimes people will say, when did you meet God or when did you become a Christian? And people are like, oh, I was born a Christian. And his story kind of lets us know that you're not really born a Christian. You can know, you can be born and you can know about God. You can be born in a religion. You can be born in a church. But just because you have that culture around you or that, or just because you're born into that type of environment doesn't necessarily make you a Christian. And it doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God. But anyway, you have to hear his story and think about what I said as you listen to his interview. Here is the interview that I did with Patience. Hello, Patience. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I am doing great. I want to thank you so much for being on the Finding God podcast. I've heard a lot about you. You've done a lot with music. And so I am interested in hearing your story about how you found God. Okay, cool. Wow. I tell you, um, it's been a journey. I I definitely grew up in the church, born and raised in the church. And uh, so that was my foundation. 
I'll say that's that's where most of the seeds uh, were planted. And uh, I thank God, you know, that I uh, had some praying parents, you know, some God fearing parents who who watered those seeds and nurtured those seeds, you know, as they were planted along the way. However, uh, I did not uh, make Jesus my personal Lord and Savior until I was in my 20s. Okay. You know, I was uh, 22 years old. And uh, even though I was baptized uh, when I was like 15, um, I felt like looking back, it probably was like the thing to do. You know, it yeah. was kind of like, okay, I was getting old enough. It's time, you know, okay, you probably should be baptized. So, you know, I just kind of went through it. And I don't want to say that in that time, I wasn't sincere. I think that, you know, I just felt like, you know, in that moment, if I, while I'm thinking back, like, okay, this is the thing to do. And uh, as I matriculated, you know, uh, through my faith uh, journey, uh, like I was saying earlier, there was a distinct moment that I remember when I was 22 years old. I was, uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. I was in my room, you know, I was watching a show uh, and uh, this guy came on and he was singing a song. Uh, I'm sure you and a lot of your listeners may be familiar with called I Can Only Imagine. Yeah. Right. And so I had heard this song a hundred times before, probably more, you know, so but in that moment, the Holy Spirit really used that song to arrest my heart. And I just remember just dropping to my knees and asking the Lord uh, to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior on that day, uh, right there in my room. I still remember it like it was yesterday. And um, from that day forth, I would say that there was a transference. It's like it, uh, my relationship with God switched from being more so about something my parents taught me mm -hmm. to, to being something that's my own, you know, and, yeah. and it's my own now. And so that, that, that's where the transference came. And so uh, ever since then, uh, just been trying to build and walk in my relationship with the Lord, you know, uh, it's definitely been a journey, a journey that I wouldn't trade for anything. You know, it's been ups and downs, but I can say one thing that the Lord has been faithful through it all. So that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, you know, it's, of course, you know, the story is much longer, but I'm giving you the cleft notes. I'm giving you the cleft notes, but that's, that's basically how I came into a saving knowledge and relationship with the Lord. That is amazing. Cause I can, it resonates with me because I also grew up in a church and you were kind mm -hmm. of right about the whole peer pressure about getting baptized. My sister, I have a sister named Inez. She got baptized like at nine or 10. And then my other sister got baptized yeah. at nine. So I was the oldest and everyone was like, Kiana, right. you get baptized. And I was just like, I think I'll do it when I'm 18. And that's just because I didn't like peer pressure. I didn't like people pressuring <laughs> me. So I just said, yeah, when I'm understood. 18. <laughs> so right. that's what I did. So at 18, yeah. I did get baptized. And it just okay. still happened that way because um, I remember hearing a sermon about, I, I think it's about how God was broken for our sins or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, that resonated mm -hmm. with me. And I was just like, oh, and, you know, it started to make sense. And, you know, that's when I mm -hmm. made the decision at that age to get baptized. So I guess maybe mm -hmm. I was just talking, even though I was trying to be like, no, I'm doing it when I want to. But I guess, you know, mm -hmm. that was just the right time <laughs> for it to happen. So, that was the right time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I just want to um, just say something, you know, to your listeners out there. 
you know, for those of you who are on your faith journey, uh, a lot of times you'll hear people, you'll hear people say, even though, and, and listen, hear me, I want to let people know that uh, being baptized is an important step in our faith journey because Jesus was our example. And so we want to follow that example. However, you don't have to wait to be baptized for Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. He can do that today. You can invite him in your life. He can baptize you with the Holy Spirit today. Of course, because there may be people listening who say, you know, I don't have a church. I don't belong to a church. How could I possibly be baptized? But listen to me, you don't have to wait for that. Don't feel like you need to wait for that. Everybody's journey is different. Some people will wait till, you know, later on in life and that's fine, but it does not, it's not a, if I don't do it, I, I cannot be saved right. type situation. You know, it's good. Uh, that we follow the example of Christ, right? And we want to be baptized. And because in doing that, we share in his death, burial, and resurrection. But I guess what I'm trying to let your listeners know that it's not uh, a condition for salvation, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. It's not a condition for salvation because the word of God tells us uh, if we profess the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts, uh, believe that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So in the moment you do that, salvation is given to you. And then from then, it's uh, we, we take Jesus as our Lord and Savior, meaning that uh, we obey his commands and we follow after his example. And a part of doing that is being baptized. However, it's not a prerequisite for salvation, like saying, oh my God, if I don't get baptized and, and, and something were to happen to me, and I lose my life, I won't be saved. You know what I mean? I know exactly so, yeah. So I just wanted to just kind of add that because uh, I believe that, you know, and a lot of times they may feel like, oh man, if I don't belong to a church, I can't get baptized and I can't be saved, which is absolutely not true. Wherever the Lord can find you exactly where you are. No, I like that. And I'm glad that you brought that up because so many times, especially if, you, if you've been brought up in a church or if you just hear mm -hmm. a lot of people in church talking or Christians, you do have this idea like, okay, well, if I'm not doing A, B, C, or if I'm not mm -hmm. doing this or haven't done this, then God's not going to help me. He's not here for me. Right. And right. that is not true. It's like, it's, this whole thing is a journey. You know, it's not a point in our mm -hmm. life where we are perfect because it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's like you start mm -mm. talking to God, then you get closer and mm -hmm. you get closer. It's just like you mm -hmm. were a friend, you know. You don't start off being Absolutely. somebody's best friend when you meet. <laughs> so, you know, you got to take nah, it step. Exactly. Step by step. Exactly. That's a fact. So let me ask you a question. So up until this point, before you got saved at 22, what, mm -hmm. was, your life, mm -hmm. what was your life like in between that? And what was your perception of God at that point? Uh... My perception of God prior to making him my Lord and Savior, to be honest with you, it was more so of, it was kind of relegated to church, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to disappoint my parents and I felt like I needed to put on a good face for when I went to church, right? But I also had the misconception that, okay, once church is over, 
you know, for the other six days of the week, that's my time. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? I know exactly <laughs> so, what you mean. I can do whatever I want during that time. But, but you know, when it's time to go to church, all right, you know, you got to make sure you speak right. You're dressed appropriately. You know what I mean? You know, you can you participate and, uh, you know, you return a faithful tithe or offering or whatever the case may be. You go, you, you do these things, you know. And so it's it was more of kind of a cultural thing. Right. I was a part of the church culture. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. More so than a relational thing. Like I was doing this because of my relationship with the Lord. So prior to my prior to my relationship with the Lord, it was more of, you know, I was just a part of the culture, the church culture. And so, listen, I would still go clubbing Saturday night. You know what I mean? I and I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't think nothing of it. I was just like, you know, but you know, when it's time for me to go to church, I'll be ready. You know, I'll make sure every I'm sober, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I ain't stumbling in the church, you know, with, with liquor on my breath and nothing like that. But at the same time, I didn't realize back then that my heart was far from God because I wasn't seeking, uh, like the Bible say, whatsoever a man eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That means that your your lifestyle should glorify God, not just the the hour and a half, two hours that you in church, right? right. <laughs> it should be a lifestyle. But I didn't understand that. I knew these texts, right? Recite these texts and everything like that. But it doesn't, it I did not apply them to my life. Right. And so that's kind of where I was. And I'm all and that's why I'm a firm believer in praying for people and giving people grace, right? Yeah. Because they may be at a space in their life where we could be concerned for them because we feel like their heart is far from the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. But I was in that space and I'm thankful that my parents, other church members, church mothers, you know, church fathers, uh, people who, you know, met me where I was, man, because, you know, I, I was just, I was really doing my own thing. You know what I'm saying? I was just really doing my own thing. And it's interesting because when you're going through that phase, well, I'll speak for myself, going through that phase, you feel like you can hide it. You know what I mean? But God really reveals it to people. And I'm thankful for the, for the people who are not judgmental. They were just saying, yo, patience. So I'm praying for you, man. You know, I love you. I just want you to know I'm here for you. And they would invite me to do other things. Hey, come over here. Let's go hang out. Let's do this, you know, to some wholesome activities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just to kind of build that relationship. I didn't realize it then, but what they were doing was building a relationship with me so that when that time came and I surrendered my life to the Lord, I had a community that I could go to that I trusted. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I'm I'm thankful for that. Uh, but yeah, prior to that, man, I was just going through the motions, just going through the motions. You know, I understand. I was going through the motions too, because my whole thing was like, I, in my mind, religion was more like there's a list of rules you had. So if you could check off the rules, like whatever you did outside of that, it didn't matter because you're going to church, you're paying tithe, you're doing this, you're doing that. So yeah, in my mind, it didn't matter that I was going to clubs. Like after, right. you know, during the week, I, I usually would go to clubs like on Thursday night and then, yeah. you know, Friday I get myself ready. <laughs> So, you know, Thursday exactly. night, I was doing all kinds exactly. of stuff. And it was funny because like even some Saturday afternoons, like I grew up in a small church in South Carolina. And so yeah. 
we all knew each other. And so we would okay. all be at the same place, but it was unspoken. Like you would not mention that we saw anybody there. So exactly. All our friends from church, we'd all be at the same place. When we go to church, we never <laughs> it was us, it was unspoken. We see each other in public, you know how you throw your head up, like, yeah. You just throw that, yeah, nod. you just throw that nod. And that would be it. We exactly. would talk about it, like, cover it up. So you're right when you yeah. like think you can cover it up because we thought we could. We didn't say anything to each other about it. We just didn't exactly it. but we were all doing the same thing. And then we go to church and we pretended like we weren't. I guess because our parents exactly didn't need to know certain things but that's right exactly <laughs> and you know it's interesting as we're talking about it I remember man like I would be bumping my music you know listening to to Tupac or Biggie or Outkast <laughs> yeah. or whatever all the all the way up until I was about to turn into the church yeah then I would turn it off you know <laughs> as if as if God didn't hear it Oh, the whole way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just that mindset. It's just like, and that's why I was saying earlier, God was in my mind was just kind of regulated to this one place. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and beyond that, I, it, it, and it don't make sense. And I'm not trying to make <laughs> sense of it. Uh, but, you know, that's what was happening. I was, uh, I was regulated to that one place. And so it was crazy, man. When I, when I look back over it, how, you know, I thought that that was okay. <laughs> well, I did too. I guess we kind of did compartmentalize everything. Like, okay, so here's God, here's regular life. We didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Like God should be in our regular life. It's just like, okay, so right. we do this on weekends. We have the rest of the days to ourselves. We can do what we want. Because I, I mean, hey, I have done that. Like up until, like you said, I'm about to turn the church, then I turn the music down and turn it off. And then, you know. Going like nothing happens. Right. So, no, I totally understand what you're saying. Right. It's funny because exactly. it's nice to know I am not the only person who did that. Like I was telling No, you, not at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Not I was at telling all. about me when I was in, used to go to clubs and people would look at me like, Kiana, you were at the clubs? I was like, yes, I did. But for <laughs> me, it was kind of short-lived because I don't know. I've always had like an older kind of mindset. So I'm yeah. a person who's thinking about safety. And I remember going into a couple of clubs and it was like one way in, one way out was packed. And all I could think about right. was if there's a fire, we are doomed. So, you know, after, right. few, you know, clubs like that, I was like, how would I just stop? Because this doesn't seem too safe. And that was exactly. the reason I stopped. <laughs> I was like, if a fire happens, I am gone. There's too many people to get out safely. So exactly. I think that's what helped me out a little bit because I would think, about stuff like that. I always look for escape routes. And if I couldn't find one, I'm like, probably shouldn't be doing this. So maybe I probably should shouldn't be here. here. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, listen, even in those moments, you know, the Lord was with you. And so if he, if he, even though he probably couldn't appeal, you know, uh, to your spirit just yet, he could appeal to your common sense. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. He appealed to the common sense. And I was like, hmm, this there is you go. To be. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you. So you mentioned church. Have you I know that you sing and you rap. So have mm-hmm. you always mm-hmm. done this? And when did you start? Did you start doing it in church? Did you just start out of church, like, how did you begin to rap? I'm curious to see how the rapping and singing all came into your experience with God. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Wow, that's an interesting story. So I, I, again, I'll give you the cliff notes. But um, I started um, I started uh, rapping back when I was in high school, and we're talking about like late '90s, early 2000s. So, um, but I wasn't rapping for the Lord, you know, back then, or 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 seeking to glorify God through my music. You know, I was rapping for myself. You know what I mean? Trying to trying to get put on. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to see if I could land a record deal and go into the music industry because you know the lights and the glamour and all of that traveling on the road mm -hmm. all of that stuff just just seemed like you know what I wanted to do with my life uh however shortly after that man um is uh after I was doing it for a while and I made that decision that we talked about earlier to serve the Lord you know I was actually in a rap group man and you know after I made that decision that was the next the next thing I knew I had to do was I had to I had to break it off you know with the group that I was in because you know the path that we was going is not one that was going to glorify the Lord or that was um, conducive with you know the choices that I had just made so it was a difficult conversation because you know the the guys I was in the group with were you know some close friends of mine who I went to high school with, you know, but surprising, you know, they were upset at first, man, but uh, they came around and then they understood like, you know, this is not just something that I was uh, doing, you know, uh, to upset them or, or trying to find a creative way to quit the group. No, this was like, you know, it's something that I uh, was sincere about. And when they saw that, you know, sincerity, you know, they, they supported me, you know, as I went forward, but, to be honest, man, I grew up in a very conservative church, so I did not start when I started uh, doing rapping for the Lord and, you know, using God to glorify, using my music to glorify God. Uh, it did not start in the church. It actually started. I actually started doing open mics, you know, around the city. Oh. And so I, I grew up in Atlanta. I'm originally from Atlanta. And so I grew up there. So I would go out any open mics I saw. You know what I mean? Uh, that's where I would be, man. And I had this song. The first song uh, I wrote for the Lord was called Hold Your Head High. And it was a song that was just encouraging uh, people, whether you were a single mother, whether you were out of work or whatever. And then the hook was just like, hold your head high. And so, you know, I put God in there yeah. and, you know, letting them know that God is with you and whatever. And so, it, and the reason I started at Open Mics was because honestly, I was afraid. I was too afraid to do this at church I was that's just the honest that's just the honest truth because I felt like I would be judged I felt like I would be condemned I felt like you know my parents would catch backlash I felt like it would just cause too much commotion because uh the people who I went to church with you know they had such a negative view of rappers right they, right. they felt like rappers were because as you know, uh, um, uh, for your listeners and for you or whatever, in the 90s, man, you know, that was when like Snoop Dogg and all of them. And so all the all the vulgarity uh, as it related to, you know, to um, to women and all of that stuff. So that's what people thought about when they thought about rap. Right. That's so they true. didn't understand. Right. They didn't understand. And I and I often would say this especially when I'm in a church context, I will often tell them that rap is a tool, kind of like a knife, right? It's a tool. You can use that tool to cut up food and feed thousands, or you can use that same tool to kill people with. 
the tool is not the problem, yeah. right? The tool is not the problem, it's whose hands is it in? Mm. And what are people using that tool for? So I use that analogy a lot to kind of help people, you know, uh, get a more and a better understanding of, you know, what I was doing. Because as soon as people hear the beat drop, man, you know, some people just have it in their mind, like, no, this is unholy, you know? <laughs> they think automatically this is unholy because it's got some 808s in it, because it got some bass, you know? It's like, this is unholy, this is not of the Lord. <laughs> But when they, but they, but you know, and and even when you know, I went out of my way to uh to try to give people context and make sure that my lyrics were spirit filled. There were some people, and I understand just in their experience, they just feel like rap can't be holy, can't be of the Lord. So, you know, I've had people walk out of my concerts and wow. you know do do all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I faced a lot of criticism over the years, and and I tell you, it was only in the church. Never when I was outside of the church, you know, only in the church, but that's okay because I realized what God gave me wasn't just for the church. You know, I felt like it was to help some of the young people in the church to show them that, you know, because there are young people in the church who listen to hip hop 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week, you know, that's their language. So I know that God used me to speak that language to uh, draw them closer to the Lord. But I also knew that this was a way, you know, for me to minister to uh, young people within the inner cities, you know, and put them on to the Lord, you know, through a medium that they could understand. So, you know, I was willing to face that backlash and that criticism and it never, it never, never once got me to the point where I felt like I wanted to quit okay. or leave, you know, because I knew uh, who set me on this course. And uh, God always gave me the strength to get through. But I also want to say, uh, just to be fair, you know, uh, I got a lot of support from church people as well. It wasn't just always negative. It wasn't just always people trying to condemn me. And uh, one of my AY leaders, you know, she was the reason um, that um, I did it in the church for the first time because when I went into the church I was just like yo I'm just gonna do poetry right I'll just do poetry that's something they're familiar with <laughs> something they'll probably be more palatable for them I'll just do poetry right mm -hmm. and so I would do poetry and she actually came up to me and was like yo your poetry is really good she said but it sounds like you're rapping she said have you right she said it sounds like you're rapping she said, have you considered putting some music behind this? She told me that. Wow. And I was like, little do you know, like I got, I got a whole album. <laughs> 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 so she was the one who really encouraged me because she had a, a teenage son, mm -hmm. you know, at that time. And she said, he wants to be a rapper. That's all he does is write. She said she found like notebooks and notebooks and lyrics, but she said she's so concerned because you know, the lyrics are not glorifying to God. It's, it's, it's what was in rap culture. You know, it's, it's a whole lot of misogyny, a whole lot of self-glorification. It's a whole lot of selling drugs and a whole lot of, you know, me, 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 what I got, what I got, what I'm going to get, all the girls. All, that was a lot of it. And she was, she was like, she don't want him to go down that road. So she felt like I could be a, a, a mentor and a role model to him, man. And so, you know, I definitely was happy about that. And so I did for many years, you know, mentor him. And she would always come back and be like, yo, you know, 
he's still writing, but his lyrics are starting to change. You know, she's like, he's taking the curse words out. He's putting God in, you know, he's talking about ways to help his community. I'm just like, yo, that's what's up. That's how you do it. And so I'm thankful for my journey and, and how it started. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it was. I felt more comfortable going out doing open mics than I did, you know, in the church. And that's not to cast any aspersions or, or to talk down about the church, but I'm just talking about my specific church because I know that right now there are a lot of churches who are definitely open, you know, to, to Christian hip hop mm -hmm. and they see the value in it. You see what I'm saying? And I've been blessed by a lot of those churches. However, you know, growing up in the 2000s, you know, in the South, which is the Bible Belt, you know what I mean? It's it was hard, you know, it was hard. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how that that journey went. No, I, I totally get that. I remember because I also grew up in the South. I was born in New Jersey, yeah. but I grew up like from 10 on up. I was in like South Carolina. And oh, yeah. At that point, it was one of those things where it was like, my mom, she thought drums were like completely other devils. So any song that had lots of drum beats, exactly. would turn off. I couldn't listen to the whinings. Even though they were older by then, by the time I wanted to listen right. to them, I still couldn't listen to them. And even Andre <laughs> Crouch was one of the few people she would listen to. She would, There's one yeah. whole side she wouldn't even listen to because they had drums. I would get so annoyed. Oh my gosh. I'd be like, seriously? And I was like forced to listen <laughs> to James Cleveland. And even, I'm not saying he was bad because he wasn't for those yeah. who listened to him. But, you know, yeah. for me, I've always loved music. I've always been musically inclined. So that just wasn't my thing. And then it was like this one mm -hmm. that she had an album of called The Blend Rights. And I was not a fan because to me, the harmony wasn't what I wanted it to be. And so I would always mm -hmm. say, I was like, how are they called themselves Blend Rights and they're not blending? And then she's like, Kiana, stop being smart. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm just serious. You know, things like that would bug me. So I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, even yeah. early, when was it? Like early, like 2000. I remember a lady coming up yeah. to my sister because she would do sign language to music. And she was told that was mm -hmm. totally of the devil. That was wrong. She shouldn't be doing it. And wow. I frustrated. And at the time I was like helping the youth in the church. I was like, you know what? This yeah. is how y'all want things. I just can't do this. <laughs> I just exactly and went to help someone wow. else, like another church who really were into youth and they were more open-minded. I was just like sign language yeah. to music and this is wrong. And, you know, I was just frustrated because my sister was really into it and she was really good at it. But yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I just can't do that. <laughs> I've always been. Yeah, that's crazy. It was weird. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I want to uh, just take a moment. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I just want to take a moment to encourage because there may be some listeners right now who's probably in that space where they feel discouraged because of something that a closed minded church member may have said to them. Right. right? making them feel like they can't use their gifts for the Lord, you know? And as the text I referenced earlier, it said, uh, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. God gave you those gifts, whoever you out there, young man, young woman, man, woman, boy, girl, whoever you are, if don't feel discouraged, I want to encourage you right now, whatever your gifts are. And, and even if you don't see uh, that gift already being represented in the church, it does not mean that gift is unholy, right? right? You can use it. If you want to use it for God's glory, you can. So don't feel like uh, you need to be relegated uh, to only using it outside 
the context of the body of Christ. God gave you that gift. He wants you to use it for his glory. Now, it's not specifically and only for the church. I believe, you know, whatever your gift is, he wants you to use it to draw others close to him. But mm-hmm. I just want to encourage whoever may be listening. And, you know, you may be feeling like, oh, man, that's me. And you may, you know, because sometimes, you know, when people are closed minded and they do that, you know, that I don't know, in their mind, they may feel like, yeah. somehow they're standing up for righteousness or truth but but what you're really doing is you're acting as an agent of the enemy trying to crush you know the spirits and the gifts and suffocate the spirits and the gifts that God has given people for his glory and too much and and, and I'm not going to go too much on this tangent I promise I'll get down off hey, my you are good because that is my tangent as well I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go too far on that, but but too but too many times I've seen people try to use tradition and and say that oh this is holy, you know I'm like no that has nothing to do with being holy that's just your tradition. Right. You see what I'm saying? Just yeah. because you've been doing it for 30 years don't mean it's holy or unholy. You know that's just your tradition, mm-hmm. and I'm not and I'm not against traditions. Traditions provide a foundation, but however, if someone is doing something that is not expressly against the word of God. You should not be condemning them, even if you don't understand it. It's okay to say, you know, I don't really understand your gift, but I see you're passionate about it and you want to use it for God's glory. And let that be that. Don't come up condemning or judging people. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to say that I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. So (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I think that's a good soapbox because that's also my soapbox as well. I'm one of those people yeah. who believes that, you know, whatever, I, to be honest, I think that sometimes when it comes to religion, we focus so much on things that in the mm-hmm. Bible don't really have any significance. Like there are churches that focus so much on jewelry right. or what people wear or music yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, show me in the Bible where these things take up the whole, you know, where he speaks, where God speaks the most about these things, even when it comes to mm-hmm. sex and everything like that. It's like, mm-hmm. it's mentioned and, you know, we're told what we should and shouldn't do, but it's not like a whole mm-hmm. section taken up talking mm-hmm. about it. It's mostly about love mm-hmm. and how we treat people and how we treat Absolutely. God. So when you break it down, it's about loving God, loving people, and all mm-hmm. the things that we worry about is one of those things where it's just mm-hmm. like, we are on the wrong track because we're focusing on things mm-hmm. that we should not be focusing on. Yeah, we should teach yeah. our kids, you know, about morals and values, but I think we should teach them about morals and values, not in the sense where if you do this, you're going to go straight to hell. It should be like informative. Absolutely. Informed decisions because you can't scare kids into doing the right thing. You have to give them no, you can't. tools and let them make informed yeah. decisions about what they want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more because what happens is eventually you that you trying to scare them into doing right is not they're going to become numb to that. They're yeah. going to they're going to become desensitized to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you said, if you don't teach them to do it because you love God or because you love your fellow man, because those are the two greatest commands. Right. Mm-hmm. Love for God, love for your fellow man. And those two could those two commandments should guide everything we do, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're not teaching them, hey, I'm not gonna steal because I have love for my fellow man and I don't want to do anything that could hurt them or or do something that could cause them 
or myself to stumble, right? And, and, and plus, I don't want to do anything that's displeasing to God because I love God, right? Mm-hmm. I love my fellow man, you know? And so, and we could go on and on, but that has to be, there has to be, there has to be uh, the catalyst which says that the reason why I abstain from doing these things is primarily because I love God, secondary because I love my fellow man, right. you know? And so that has to be what guides our decisions is it can't be, oh, the threat of, oh my God, you know, I'm going to go straight to hell or, you know, because after a while, kids are going to be like, whatever, I'm just going to go have my fun. If I go to hell, I go to hell, Yeah, which is, which is, which is, (laughs) which exactly. That's, that's what they're going to say. Because if you're telling them, oh my God, if you, if you go to that club, you're going to go to hell. They're going to be like, man, I see people coming out of that club all day long and none of them went to hell. Yeah. So I'm going to go to this club, but no, you need, you need to, you need to tell them, say, Hey, listen, uh, you may be interested in going to the club, right? And going in that building is not a sin, but does it please God? What you're going in there to do, does it please your heavenly father who loves you? See what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, and you, what you do is you plant that seed so that they'll be asking themselves, is what I'm about to do, does that please God? Right. If the answer is no, then I shouldn't be doing it. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Because you can't guard them every single day for the rest of their life, yeah. condemning places and telling them where they should and should not go. You can't do that. No one can do that. And nor okay. should you try to do that. You should plant that seed within them and, and, and to also let them know, you know, if you make a mistake, it's okay. It doesn't mean you're disqualified from God's love or my love. I still love you, right? Because God is all about redemption and reconciliation, you know? So we shouldn't be so quick to condemn people who make mistakes. And we, but we should also do our diligence to plant those seeds to let them know, hey, whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking about doing, will it glorify, will it honor God? You know, if God was right here, you know, will he be glorified? Will he be honored in, in the decisions that you're making? And so I think that's a better method than trying to put up this long laundry list, right? Exactly. Of things that people should and should not do. Because think about it, that's been done already. Yeah. You look in the Old Testament, the Mosaic law, it was 600 laws. That's because they were trying to they were trying to literally govern every single thing that people did every single day. And that's why when Jesus came, he said, no, that is no longer the way. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it talks about, you know, he nailed to the cross those things that were against us. All of these rules and regulations that tried to govern their lives, the lives of people, he said, no, that's not the way. The only way people will follow and love and serve God is if they are in a loving relationship with him. Okay. So Jesus's focus was the relationship, building a relationship. Because when you have a relationship with someone, you care about them. You care about their well-being. You care about that relationship. So you're less likely you know, to do something offensive. And that's what he wants to do with us is build that relationship and, and the more we deepen that relationship, that's the reason why we abstain from certain things and we don't go certain places because we have a loving relationship with our father. And so we don't want to do anything to displease him. And we don't want to be a stumbling block for anybody else. Right. No, it's true. Because I have a daughter. She's 15. And 
she's one of those mm-hmm. kids where she's like, well, I don't care about anything. I don't care about this. I do what I want to do. But then she's yeah. like, the only reason I'm not going to do this, mom, is because I know she'll be like, the only reason I'm not going to do this, mom, because I know it'll make you upset or I know it'll make you sad. And I don't want yeah. to. So, you know, that's the only reason there why you I said that's the stuff she want to do because she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my daughter would be doing whatever she wanted to do. But it's just because of yeah. that. I look at that and I'm just like, well, if she's not doing things because she loves me, you know, there that's you how that's what we should do for God. Like we shouldn't do things. Absolutely. We love God. And, you know, that's what mm-hmm. um, Joseph said anyway. When he's like, how can mm-hmm. I do this against my God when Potiphar's wife There wanted you to go. It was there all you about go. that. And I remember even as a kid that always like stood out to me because all the other things where the people were doing right, it seemed like if they didn't, God will punish them. So in my mind, I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, you know, I guess they need to do the right thing because God will punish you. But it was like that mm-hmm. verse. And I was like, wait, wait. I was like, he's, there's no threat of him being punished. The guy may not mm-hmm. have ever found out, but he did it mm-hmm. anyway because- that's right God that's the thing that started me that's thinking right I'm just like okay so he could have got away with this his life could have been good yeah but he didn't do it because there you go. he nope. said how can I do this against my God and so you know that's always stuck with me and that's where I get this from right? absolutely you know, about we love God like you said a relationship with him because you don't want to hurt yep. people you're in relationships with so nope exactly exactly yeah that's that's a that's a perfect example uh, to remember. Well, let me ask you this. So what is your experience with God now? Like, what is your relationship with, mm-hmm. like, what is your relationship like with him now? Well, my relationship with God now, it's, it's still evolving and growing each and every day. Uh, but I feel like, man, my relationship with God now is, is better and growing and it's, it's deeper than it's ever been, you know? And, uh, because over, over the course, uh, I would say over the past maybe decade or so, um, the Lord has been systematically, uh, teaching me his ways as opposed to, the ways in relation to just the traditional things that I grew up doing. Right. You know what I mean? I know exactly. And it's been, and it's been, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey and it's been very systematic and it's been, and, and I've been growing deeper and deeper. And, and even because I, um, I'm a licensed minister. Uh, I work as a healthcare chaplain, oh, wow. you know, in my day to day. And so I, I actually attended uh, seminary uh for uh three years from 2013 to 2016 yeah so I did and uh so um did my clinical pastoral education everything like that and that was that was great for me man going to seminary was great but doing my clinical pastoral education uh I was I really learned about other denominations I learned learned about other faiths because in my day-to-day work uh, I am ecumenical, meaning that I don't proselytize or promote one specific faith, but I'm open to supporting and uh, journeying with people of all faiths. And so that has helped me deepen my faith, you know, and and because I know sometimes people ask me, it's like, oh, do you feel like you have to compromise, you know, what you believe in order to support someone who doesn't believe what you believe? I say not at all. Mm-hmm. I said, we'll be surprised if we open our hearts that 
a lot of people from different faiths, we have more in common than we do that not in true. common. So true. Yeah, we have more in common than we do not in common. And I say, once people know how much you care, then they care how much you know, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Right. You know, once you show people that you care, they're open, they'll ask you because, you know, a lot of times, you know, I grew up, you know, seven day Adventist. And so we have very specific doctrines as it relates to state of the dead and, you know, um, different things like that, worshiping on the Sabbath day and things like that, you know, but I never lead with that. That's never the things I lead with when I'm in conversation with people who may be Methodist or Lutheran or Catholic or Buddhist. I don't lead with that. I always, always ask questions so that I can get a better understanding of their faith, right? Mm-hmm. And we build relationships based on the similarities in our faith. But if they ever invite me, then I always give them scriptural reference for what I believe. And, uh, and we have a conversation accordingly. But I'm always the one who is about building bridges, you know, than walls. And so that's what I'm all about. And uh, so my, my faith now, I believe, is in a place where I'm really able to enjoy God. I'm really able to enjoy him uh, in, a, in a place of freedom that I have never experienced before in my life, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's beautiful. It's, it's really hard to put into words, but I tell you, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And, and uh, I'll say it like this. I really feel like my life right now, my relationship with God right now is making a full transition from just being something that I did right. into something to who I am. Yes. No, I get that. When your life makes that transition, it is so liberating. You know, when being a Christian is who you are, it's not just, it's so burdensome when it's something that you do. It is. Because you always feel like you have, you, you're not doing enough or you have to do more. But when it becomes who you are, it's so liberating. And that's what I believe when the Bible, when it says, whom, whom the sun sets free, it shall be free indeed. You know, when you, be, when you become, you know, a, a part of the body of Christ, and literally a part of his body, you know, a part of his body and you connect uh, with the vine and you allow him to transform you into his image and you just be, you know, it's no longer a burden to study your word. It's no longer a burden to pray. It's no longer a burden to let your light shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify the father in heaven. Those things are not burdens anymore. You don't have to force yourself to do it. You just do it. You know, it's just who you are. And so that's the place where I am. And it's liberating. And I smile every time I think about it because I'm just like, God, you're so good. Because I never knew I could experience this type of freedom and this type of joy, you know, worshiping and with you daily. You know, I thought that this was something that was just reserved for the weekend, right? (laughs) I didn't know. That this could, I could have this in the middle of the day, like in my car, I could have this, these moments with God, you know, mm-hmm. where, where your life and your heart is open for the Holy Spirit to arrest you at any time and bring you into 
uh, a fullness of his grace and a better understanding of his love just at any time and any moment of the day. It's, 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 it's hard to put into words, but that's kind of where I am. And, and I, and I love it. And I'm looking forward to even going deeper in the Lord. No, I get where you're coming from because I know like for me, it's like this whole pandemic has actually been kind of like a blessing in disguise. Not saying it's a good yeah. thing because so many people have died, which, you know, I'm sad about. Sure. But for me, just absolutely having a chance, like I tell people, I had a chance to detox from church because I was doing so many mm-hmm. activities, doing so much, this, mm-hmm. that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really spending quality time with God. It's like I was doing stuff, but I wasn't mm-hmm. like spending time with him. And since it's been almost mm-hmm. a year, I haven't been to church or anything. I just feel closer to him. I spend more time with God. I talk to him more. Absolutely. It's just like a whole different yeah. thing. And it helped me realize that, you know what? It's like God and in relationship with God is more important than church. It's more important than religion. Because mm-hmm. if we have God and we're seeking after him, he will show mm-hmm. us what we're doing right. And he'll let us know what we're doing wrong. So we That's right. have that relationship, which will govern everything else that we do. And it's like, I have really mm-hmm. enjoyed this time with God. So for me, mm-hmm. it has helped me so much. Like I could be in the kitchen, just having a little praise session by myself, cleaning the dishes, <laughs> listening to music, mm-hmm. cleaning my kitchen. You know, it just doesn't matter where I am anymore. Like you said, it's like, I just feel his presence with me. wherever. There I go. you go. It doesn't matter where I'm going. So yeah. I totally get where yeah. you're coming from. Isn't, isn't that a liberating feeling? It is. It is because you're no longer afraid of like messing it up. There you go. Like you're not afraid mm-hmm. of, oh, if I say this, I'm going to do something wrong. It's like, okay, I said this. Mm-hmm. God still loves me. God, mm-hmm. sorry, show me what to do. Or sometimes God will even just tell me before, yeah. after, you know, right after I say it, he'll be like, Kiana, that was not right. And then I just yes. go back and I apologize to the person. There you I'm go. Like, you know, I, I messed <laughs> up with that. I shouldn't have said that. But it's not like I feel that like condemnation or judgment. There you go. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. But because God yeah. died for us, our mistakes don't really count against us because he's already yeah. paid the price for that. So for me, that is so liberating because I don't have to be afraid yeah. of not knowing if I'm going to go to heaven or not. You know, there and you I used go. to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, Absolutely. But it takes all that away. Like you don't have to worry about it that. It does. Stuff there yeah. you go. That's so true. It, it's it does. And and what you said is so key, especially as it relates to our salvation. Yeah. Our salvation is not by works. Exactly. It's a gift of God. It's a yeah. gift. It's a free gift. All we have to do is receive this gift. And after we receive this gift, we commit our lives to the Lord. It doesn't mean that we will be perfect. It means that I've made a commitment and I'm going to stick with the Lord through my ups, through my downs and everything in between. I'm staying. I'm staying with the Lord. That's what it means. Doesn't mean that we'll be perfect. Just like you said, there will be times the Lord will convict us. And then in in those moments, you know, we will uh, confess our sins to the Lord and would go make it right with our brother and sister if we if we did something to offend them, you know? But but guess what? That does not disqualify us from our salvation. That's the beautiful thing. No, it is. It really is. So let me ask you, what advice would you give to someone who's just out there looking mm-hmm. for God? Like, what would you tell them mm-hmm. based off your experience? Based on my experience, I would say, if you're looking for God, the best place to look for him is in his word. I like that. The best place to look for him is in his word because 
in his in his word he has revealed to us who he is and i would advise them even more specifically if you have a bible or if you don't have a bible make that investment you know mm-hmm. or or if you don't have money ask someone i'm sure they you know be willing to get that for you yeah but start start in the book of john start in the book of john because john to me paints such a miraculous and beautiful picture of who Jesus is. Because once you understand who Jesus is, it puts all of the other pieces of the Bible yeah. together for you. But it's it's important that you understand who Jesus is. That's why I always tell people who may be unchurched or there may not be believers or even agnostic or, or atheists, starting, if you're searching for the Lord, if you wanna have an understanding, is God real? Is there, can there be a divine being out there who cares for me? Is that a real thing? Or is this just pie in the sky? People, something people say to make themselves feel better. Is this just people use this to pacify themselves? No, if you really want to know, you have to go to the place where he has been revealed and that's in his word. And I would advise you start in the book of John, you know, go through the synoptic gospels, read about Jesus, learn about his compassion and his kindness. Once you have a fullness and an understanding of what he did for you, and you can make that personal, I think from there, your heart will be open for the Holy Spirit to come in because the Bible says he's the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. So, and uh, and that's another thing, going with an open heart, going with an open heart. And so that's, that's kind of what I would say. If you're out there and you're searching for the Lord, uh, just know uh, that. Uh, if you search for him, he will be found. God is not seeking to hide himself from you. Uh, he wants to reveal himself to you. Your heart, if your heart is willing and, and you're diligent in your search, you will find him. I like that. I like that. Well, thank you so much. I know that is going to help somebody out there. That is That was beautiful, especially about go to John. And if you're looking, absolutely, you'll find him. So thank you so much. For you that. will. And absolutely, also, it's my pleasure. Well, thank you. I'm glad you came on the show. Thank you so much for being here. And for those who may want to get in contact with you or find you on social media, yeah, how can they do that? Absolutely. All right, on social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can look for um, the real patience. It's all one word. T-H-E-R-E-A-L-P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E, The Real Patience. You can just put it in the search bar. If you're on Facebook, if you're on uh, Twitter, or if you're on Instagram, just put in The Real Patience, and uh, you'll find me there. And I'd love to connect with you if you have any questions about my my testimony or any questions about my journey or, or anything, if there's any way, or if you just need someone to pray with you, pray for you, whatever the case may be, hit me up. You know, I'd love to connect with you. And uh, I'm really thankful for this opportunity uh, to be, you know, speaking to you at this moment. Thank you so much. And your music can be found on like Spotify and iTunes, right? Absolutely, yeah. All across all digital platforms, whether you use Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon Music, wherever you stream music, Again, look in uh, on those platforms, look, type in patience and then type in press play because uh, my albums, the last three albums that I released is press play, press play 
press play two and then press play three. So if you type in patience, press play, uh, it'll come up and then you can find my music there. You know, make sure you subscribe, share if you love it. You know, I'd love to hear about it. If it's, if it's a song that bless your heart, hit me up and let me know. You know, I definitely want to connect with you guys. You can find my music there, man. And uh, yeah, I look forward to connecting with some of you guys in the future. Well, thank you so much. And it has been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, definitely, you guys continue to support this podcast, man. We're lifting up the name of Jesus, man. We're breaking chains and uh, helping people come into a saving relationship with Jesus. So you guys support this podcast. Thank you so much. What an amazing interview. My favorite part of the interview was when we were talking about how sometimes we make it seem like tradition or things that we do are what you have to do for salvation. And that is not true. And so I'm glad that Patience talked about that a little bit and was able to clarify that just because something is a tradition doesn't mean that that is something that is going to save you. Because traditions don't save you. They're just there. God saves you. Believing in God saves you. Faith saves you, not tradition. So I'm glad he talked about that because that's one of my little pet peeves too. I always feel that sometimes when it comes to church and religion, we make it seem like, Oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. When no, you don't. God says do this, this, and that. So you don't have to do all that extra stuff that religion tries to throw on you or that people try to make tradition seem like it is what you have to do. So I love that part of the interview. I also like the part of the interview when we talked about was how Patience was able to use his music still. He didn't have to change it. Well, he changed the words, but he didn't really have to change what he was doing. He didn't have to change his love for music. He didn't have to change rapping. He was still able to use that in a way that he felt he could still reach people. And I liked how he was thinking outside of the box to still use his gifts, use his talents to do something that would touch people and not just change everything about him. Because I think that sometimes we think when we have a relationship with God that he wants us to change who we are. Now, there are some things that with God's help we can change, but then there are some things like our personalities and just who we are. We're made unique. We're original. And there's something about us that can help somebody. There's something that we can do to help someone else. God doesn't want all of us to be one person, do everything the same, have the same gifts, have the same talents. No, we are different and we are unique for a reason. And that reason is what I can do to talk to someone or how I can help someone, it may not be the same thing that you can do, but we can all help people in our own ways. So I love the fact that he is still able to go on and continue with his Christian rap and do something that he was able to help other people as well as be a role model for the young boy at his church. Our artist of the week is, of course, none other than Patience. And we are going to listen to his song called Every Day. Yeah. 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 Woo! Uh, wake up in the morning, gotta thank the Lord. Huh? Why you better know it? All I know is Christ. Why you better know it? Put that on my life. Why you better know it? Uh, every day, every day, gotta tell the world for I'm let away. Okay, every day, I'm talking always. Try to follow him whichever way he comes. Okay. 
Okay, wake up in the morning in a new time zone and my mind's blown Cause he want us to be diamonds but we too busy chasing these rhinestones And we quick to fold like a cheap tent instead of getting down with our knees bent Crying out to God that'll give us everything that we ask him every time we need strength He was and is now in the past, let me clean your glasses so you can see That he already got it on lock cause in the future he will be And you will see him coming through the clouds like the nose dive but will you celebrate or will you run it high? This ain't just in my rhyme, it's gon' really happen. I hope you take some time to thank for your partner's dad. Cause when the kingdom come, it will ever last. And when he come the second time, ain't no second chance. Yeah. Uh, wake up in the morning, gotta thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Huh? Why you better know it? Christ, why you better know it? Put that on my life, boy, you better know it. Uh, every day, every day, gotta tell the world for I'm let away. Okay, every day, I'm talking always. Try to follow him whichever way he comes. Okay, what's the point of living if your life ain't got no purpose? Cause living for yourself to please yourself should have you nervous. Your worth is in that dream, then what happens when they smash it? Your worth is in that car, then what happens when you crash it? A matchstick of truth is worth way more than your house alive. See, Jesus wants to be intimate, but you just want him to supervise your suit and tie. Look good when you sitting in that pew. But when you get home and have to take it off, then tell me what you gonna do. Cause they just close and they can't close that big hole that's in your heart. Look at the script, that's his role. So learn your lines and play your part. They just close and they can't close that big hole that's in your heart. Look at the script, that's his role. So learn your lines and play your part. Yep. Uh, wake up in the morning, gotta thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Huh? Why you better know it? All I know is Christ, why you better know it? Put that on my life, boy, you better know it. Uh, every day, every day, gotta tell the world for I'm let away. Okay, every day, I'm talking always. Try to follow him whichever way he call me. Before I end the podcast, I would just like to thank you guys for hanging out with me today. It was amazing spending time with you, and I hope you enjoyed the interview that we had today with Patience. I absolutely loved it, and I love his music. So guys, if you're interested in getting in contact with him or listening to any of his music, all of that information can be found in our show notes. So all you have to do is click on the link, and you can go directly to him on Facebook, um, Instagram, or Spotify. I would also like to encourage you to follow us on Spotify as well. Follow Finding God. You can find us on Spotify or on Apple Music. And wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. So follow us, share our episodes with a friend, and don't forget to leave us a comment. All right, I think that is all. Until we meet again next week, remember that no matter what you do, God loves you. I'm winning. Can't tell me I'm not.